0: Welcome to Padmutyun, Armenian History Podcast. Padiyegak,
1: Padmutyun, Hayots Padmutyana Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome back. Hello and welcome, Padiyegak, to Padmutyun. Padmutyun, I am Peter Hajinian. I'm Father Tarios Barserian. And today we are going to talk about the Battle of Avarar. And Vartan Mamigonian and all that story. Yes. Not just the. Not just the battle, but all that all, story oh, around, around it. Yes. Around Avodai and Vartan, Vartan uh, I think
1: this is a really important uh, moment in Armenian history because I think this is one of the things that really solidifies my understanding of what it means to be Armenian and yeah. what I think we as Armenians why we why we think of ourselves as different. This is one right. of the reasons.
0: It's a well-known well story, right? And, and mm-hmm. a story to be proud of, or. Story that they teach in Armenian schools or Sunday schools, or uh, uh, so all Armenians we we know about this this story and uh, and what happened in the battle of battle of Avarai. and you're right it's part of our it's about our identity right yes it's yeah. about our, but let's let's uh, let's talk about actually what was going on at that time what was the right. what was the, the sad and why this all of this actually happened.
1: So the, the battle took place in 451 mm-hmm. so people know when when the time was and it was against the Armenians and the Persians but at this time Armenia was kind of divided between Byzantium and Persia. Right. So there is no Armenian king at this time. The Armenians yeah. are under under foreign rule.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Because the Armenian kingdom the last Armenian king uh, you know he was he was exiled and the kingdom kind of it was finished. Uh, 428, I believe, the last yeah. Armenian, Armenian king. We had, and after that, the, the country was ruled by the governors, and by yeah. the by generals, and by this important kind of noble families, Armenian families, and one of them was a Mamigonian family, right? Yep. Vartan Mamigonian.
1: And were the Mamigonians, were they descendants of Mesrov-Mashtots?
0: Uh, no. Okay. They were not, but they were related to Bartev. Okay. Barthel Mamikonian was related to Sahak Partev. I think he was the grandson of Sahak. Yeah, a but lot. But Metro Marshals they were really close. So. They were really yes, they were really <laughs> close. They were, they were friends. Probably Godfather. <laughs> godfather. <but> yeah, uh, <laughs> it was com- <laughs> common back then and common now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so they so the the families are the governors or sometimes they're called Nacharars, which mm-hmm. I think is the. Is that the Persian name for it or was that the Armenian It was
0: originally Persian name, Naharash. Naharash. You know, Naharash. Naharash which if you translate literally, it means a minister. But yeah. I think they were just these families that had their own territory, each minister or each governor. Yeah. They were like governors of this territory. Like there was... Uh, minnesota <laughs> minnesota's governor, yeah at that time there was uh you know, Turuberan, kind of, Mamigonians actually they were in Turube, Daron, There was uh, yeah. so That's they were the ministers, done. governors of that region and yeah. that. they were kind of mini kings <laughs> you know they and they had this in Greece too, I believe, I believe at some point uh, so the 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 country was ruled by these governors, by these families uh, the country has no king. Yeah, and uh, somebody's appointed by Persia, but had no uh, much of an authority. Uh, well, like Queen of In- England, England <laughs> yeah, yeah, In- doesn't make m- m- many decisions, uh, and uh, the supreme judge is the Catholicos. So he, he the church makes all this has the authority to judge, uh, and then country is ruled by all these all these families. Right. and we have to remember that it's been only 150 years since Armenia accepted uh, Christianity. Right. It was not, not too long ago that they became became Christians. So right. relatively relatively new.
1: And before that they were pagans, but they had a lot of there was some crossover between their, the Armenian pagan religion and the Zoroastrian Persian religion. Mm-hmm. And the Persian kingdom was run by the Sassanids, and the Sassanids were reviving the old Zoroastrian mm-hmm. roots of Persia from a thousand years ago. So the question of religion was very important to the Persians. Mm-hmm. So they have these Armenians, which if you look at the Armenian history, the Armenians and the Persians, they fought a lot, but they were also allies for you know at least a thousand years before this. They had, they had gone to war against different places. So I, when I look at the story, part of what I see is the Sassanids saying, you know, these Armenians used to fight with us. They fought with us against Alexander the Great. They fought with us against the Romans. They used to be, you know, they used to be our allies, but they also used to have, you know, religion pretty close to ours. Right. And I think that the Sassanids were trying to reconquer Armenia, reconvert them back to their side. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that they did was they put their own uh, judge of their own religion at the top. They they came in and they said, this judge, this magi, Magus, is going right. to be in charge of Armenia. And the first thing that he did was double all the taxes on the, the Christians. Right. And started saying, you know, monks got to pay extra, nuns got to pay extra, you know. And and tried to sort of force the, uh, you know, it was a religious tax, essentially. Right, right.
0: Taking um, that... Authority away from the from the church, taking authority away from the uh, kind of taking over the country uh, again, uh, and religion was important part part of that I, I think you' are right when you say that there was close ties between Persia and Armenia you know it 's it's, it's just uh, enough maybe to remind all of us that some of Armenian royal families they actually came from Persia, you yeah. know, if you think about some important. People in our history, some of them they originally were, were Persians, although later they became kind of Armenians and they actually fought against Persia at some point, yeah. but they were close ties between Persian and armenian assimilation of Armenians with, with Persians was very kind of a uh, uh, possible you know, yeah. they, you know, it was not far idea it was, it was close and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything changed after they accepted Christianity, Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, everything changed. And that, that becomes the sticking point of this. The Persians already had their territory, in a sense. The Armenians were a vassal state. But it wasn't enough. They wanted more. They wanted the hearts and the minds of the people. Mm-hmm. So they sent the army to the field of Avarir. Avarir. Avarir? Avarir.
0: But before that, first I think the king, Persian king, his name was... Uh, Hasgirt, we say, in, and I looked it up uh, in, in in English. You say Yesagar second or something yeah. like that. Yesagar second, Yezegerd second. So he sent a, a letter. You know, why don't you consider becoming pagans again? You were pagans, and and, and they said no. Yeah. The first one, and then he sent he, he said he sent another letter saying, well, why don't you all of you come to my palace and we can talk about this. So we can discuss this that's in a right. more friendly setting and yeah. over lunch or, <laughs>
1: and, or and dinner. That's kind of genius because some of these Armenian families, royal families, were really cozying up to the Persians right? because they wanted favor, you know, so they were sort of downplaying Oh, yeah, we're Christian, but we don't really sell... We're only on Christmas and Easter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't really... So it was a little bit of a genius move to kind of say, well, all of you come to the capital in Persia and let's talk about this. Yeah.
0: Um, so they decided to go. I mean, there was no choice. You, yeah. Because the country is actually ruled by Persia. country belongs... Armenia belongs to Persia. It was yeah. divided. There was no... Although there was a kind of autonomy, but actually a supreme power belonged to uh, right. to Persia. Uh, so that so was the
1: first power move, and the second power move was what he did when they got there.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> he, he made them sign a I don't know if it's a treaty or a document, but it said that they are converting agreement or an something. agreement yeah. that we were converting to Zoroastrians. You well, know, yeah, we're going to be Zoroastrians again.
0: It was a fake conversion. Man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know if you think about it if you, it was fake because they uh they actually gave their life later for for the church and for their faith and uh for their conviction and uh but uh but it it was an interesting move i think there was if it was real if it was not uh you know there are all these all these uh, because when they came back that's when the rebellion started actually yeah People started first in Armenia, and these Nakhers, when they came back, they really know that no, people actually no, they were against all of all of this. and uh, yeah. and they joined, the, yeah. and then they formed the group.
1: That was the inciting mm-hmm. incident, if you will, um, and and so we get to the battle, and the battle is led by Vartan Mamagonian, mm-hmm. who is uh, you know a great general, and he's known as a great general, and. I think in in the the story we we have this story in two different right right we have it from Yerichay and Gazar Parpretsi.
0: right Yerichay is the main he's the main one author yeah. on this because uh, and he lived at that time yeah he was he's uh, he's writing eyewitness account yeah of everything that is happening the the, the battle. Uh, the story of everything, and, and very beautifully. I mean, he is a good writer. Yeah, he, beautiful. Probably he was, uh, you know, a student. Master Mashiach. He was probably one of these, you know, students. Uh, uh, and and he's the main author. And I think Hazar parpits later used, Yerusha or, uh, and he actually uh, he writes word by word some of the things that Vartan Mamikonian sad actually. Yeah. You know, his speech before the battle, yeah. that's a famous one. His yeah. speech, yeah, you know, uh, calling them to be, to be courageous and uh, to give their lives. He says, you know, we are going to have wounds. Some of us, we are going to lose our lives. But if you lose your life, if you die, and it's for something important, that's, uh, that's, a, that's valuable. That's immortality. Yeah. But if, if you just die for nothing, you know, that's, a, that's death. But if you die for something, that's a valuable kind a of That's uh, life. That's life. The
1: speech that Vartan Gonyan gave before the Battle of Avarer, uh, as Yegishe writes down, there's some great quotes in here. and I'm just going to pick a couple out. But yeah. as he speaks out to his, his people, he said, he 's talking about we've been through all these battles, we've done all this amazing stuff, you know, and it was great, but all this is going to fade away. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were able to perform these and now this is this is Saint Vartan now, if we were able to perform these brave deeds for a mortal commander, how much more shall we do for our immortal king, who is the Lord of the living and the dead, and who will judge every man according to what he has done? indeed, indeed even if we were to live to a ripe old age, we should have to abandon our flesh eventually in order to enter the presence of the living God, from whom we should have then be separated no more. And he goes on to talk about more reasons to do this, and, and one of the important things that I think he says that I think is interesting, not only as a Christian, but for all humans, is some of the language that he's using in, in this particular passage. He says, He who thought that we put on Christianity like a garment has now realized that, just as he cannot change the color of his skin... So also it may be that he will never accomplish his designs because the foundations of our Christianity are firmly set on the unshakable rock. Not here on earth, but in heaven above, where the rains neither come down, nor the winds blow, nor the floods rise. Although we are on the earth in this flesh, yet by our faith we are established in heaven, where no one can assail what has been built by Christ, not made by human hands.
0: Mm. Beautiful speech, mean.
1: I, it's, and it goes, it goes on and it goes on. And it it's, is, hard, it's
0: hard to imagine that this speech was given by a general. And, <laughs> yeah,
1: be, before battle. And, and it, it reminds me of a great speech from Shakespeare. You know, Just a beautiful sort of, now is the time for us to make mm-hmm. a stand.
0: And it's clear from the speech that this is a life and death battle. Yes. That not many of them are going to come out of this battle right. alive.
1: Because they're outnumbered by about six to one, right? Mm -hmm. And they can see the Persians across the field, across the plain. And this is how he ends the speech before the battle begins. And now the time has come for us to cleanse ourselves of every stain of disgrace. There was a time when we were distressed in body and soul like grieving mourners. Today we are joyful and heedful and yet sober in both respects because we see our beneficent Lord as our leader, our commander is not a man, but the commander-in-chief of all martyrs. Fear is a sign of doubt. We repudiated doubt long ago. Let fear also disappear from our hearts
0: and minds." Yeah. Very spiritual speech, I think. Um, amazing, you know. But, uh, it's, it's clear that this battle is to protect their faith, and part of their faith is also their their country, you know. So they are going to a battle to to protect their Christian identity. And it's, uh, I think, important here to note that this is the first battle that we know in in history history of humanity, uh, history of Christianity at least, that the first time a battle took place when Christians were able to uh, fight and protect their Christian identity or Christian faith. And it was not too long ago that Armenians accepted Christianity only only hundred years ago. Right. you can see how strong their Christian identity is here,
1: uh-huh. you and know, the, their in, faith is being the first Christian nation. They're the they're the first Christian army mm-hmm. that would you know even have to to fight this way. Right, when this is taught, this is always talked about the this is the battle not just for you know the land but for the. Freedom of religion, but also for the freedom of freedom to think and to mm-hmm. be who
0: you are. Freedom of expressing their faith and freedom of, of, of identity. So the idea yes. was that Haskert uh, was pushing that if you are my kind of, if you belong to me, that I can dictate you what yes. religion to have. And Armenia said for the first time in history, back in 5th century, Armenia said, no, although our country belongs to you, but we get to have our own identity, our own religion. Something that was expre- expressed thousand years later in 15th, ch- 16th century in Europe when they said, no, we, have to, we get to choose what religion we we'll be believe in. We get to choose, we get to keep our religion. Yeah. You know, it, but it happened with I mean, back in the 5th century when Armenia said, no, we choose our own religion, our own identity, and it's important for us, yeah. and we are ready to give our lives for that, to, give, to sacrifice our lives uh, for that. And it's an amazing story, I think, you know, yeah. an amazing story of survival Yes, and, and fight for, for their um, faith, and, and a beautiful speech by St. Vartan, you know, before the battle.
1: And it's it's prescient, it it tells the future a little bit, because the battle is lost by the Armenians. Mm-hmm. but. Because they fought so valiantly, it was clear to the Persians, the Persian king, that, that the spirit of the Armenians was not going to break easily and was not going to even be won easily. Yeah. And so he backed off mm-hmm. after this. He allowed them to maintain... They didn't
0: pursue that agenda Didn't
1: anymore. pursue the agenda. I mean, he took, he took the Catholicos, he took a lot of the Armenian yeah. Naharars and the governors and the royal family, and he sort of took them into exile into Persia. Um, the Armenians after this too, when they were conscripted to fight for the Persians, they're always sent to the farthest parts of, you know, go fight in Afghanistan, go fight, go fight far, far away. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> stay, <but> stay away. <laughs> they won. they won the right to continue to be Christians.
0: So Jeriche writes about um, that after all these nakharas, they were sent to exile, and Catholicos were sent to exile, the monks were sent to exile. He talks about all the, the there are a lot of uh, names in this book, yeah. uh, some of the monks he talks about, some of the nakharas, how they were you know, even martyred there, how they were killed, and he talks about all of that. And he says, uh, there were uh, women left in Armenia, uh, wives of all these nakharas, of all these ministers, of all these governors. And they took care of the country, and they they work, you know hard. They they became leaders of the country because all their their their, their husbands uh-huh. uh, were exiled to uh, to Persia. So he talks about after the battle how you know women they were although it was you know they were mourning the death of their of their beloved husbands, but they had to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. They had to take care of their um, regions that they lived in. They had to take care of their country. Yeah, and you know,
1: and the Mamagonian clan, what happened to them?
0: Well, they continued, I think, because later, in uh, later, uh, thirty years later, Vahan Mamikonian, yeah, who was the I think uh, nephew of Vartan Mamikonian, he becomes the the ruler of Armenia. Mm-hmm. He becomes the not the king because there was no, no kingdom, but the, he the governor, yeah, the governor of, of general of all Armenia, and uh, he was assigned by I think 484. Uh, he was assigned as the ruler of Armenia. But Mamikonian family was strong, very powerful. There was another, actually, uh, person in this story who was uh, from the same family, Mamikonian family, who was Vasak Mamikonian. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, uh, if you, uh, in your research, if you met this uh, character. He was actually against this rebellion ah. uh, with Persia. He was in favor of going back, kind of. and. So when they um, when or when they got together after they came back from Persia, after that trip to to Persia, they had a lot of fun. <laughs> right, <laughs> they came back and they formed a uh, a group, a committee, uh, you know, uh, and they decided to kind of attack Persians here or there. And then Vartan Mamikonian took most of the army and, and he went certain direction. So Vasak Mamikonian actually sends uh, somebody to Persian army and, and warns them that Vartan is coming this way, yeah. uh, kind of uh, betraying Armenians. And, uh, and it's interesting that after all of this happened, everything is blamed, even by Persians, on Vasak That it was it was his fault. So they found him kind of... Uh, being being an architect of all of this, so everything is playing on on, on him, but he was an interesting character too he was He had a different vision, he had a different agenda, yeah. which was kind of less joined with persia and uh, because he wanted to be the ruler i right. believe of, yeah. uh, of Armenia
1: he saw it as a way to get the family in, into the yeah. top position yeah.
0: but he was actually uh, he left Armenia because he couldn 't stay in that in that condition and and, and, and nobody likes. Like no, you know, Even the, the kings, or, yeah. because if you betray one person, you'll easily betray another. Another interesting um,
1: outcome of this is because the Armenians are fighting for the right to be Christians, mm-hmm. they miss the Council of Chalcedon.
0: Oh, yes. They miss
1: the ecumenical council when the rest of the church is getting together to talk about you know doctrinal ideas and, and things, and this is one of the reasons why the Armenian Church is classified Eastern Oriental Orthodox as opposed to, I don't know, Orthodox? What?
0: Well, are, we are called we Oriental Orthodox, non-Chalcedonians, yeah. and, and Greek Church and Russians and others, they are called uh, Chalcedonian or Eastern Orthodox. But, uh, but you're right, I'm glad you re- <clears throat> reminded me of this important event that took place while the Armenians, they were fighting for their faith. Uh, the church, they were uh, deciding or uh, discussing uh, the natures of Christ. Uh-huh. You know, if you had how these natures they come together. You know, human and divine. One side was saying, you know, they were, there was one nature. The other well, no, there were two natures. The, and and. And later, after after this, uh, you know, Armenians find, oh, by the way, we had a council. <laughs> and this is what we decided. Well, we were busy fighting for our faith. And yeah. By the way, did you know that this, uh, yeah. these Persians, they attacked?
1: <laughs> and it, in some ways, it takes the Armenian church out of a close communion with these other churches, which is kind of crazy because the Armenians were fighting for the right to be, you know, uh, you know, it's one thing... It's one thing to have the luxury to sit around and and debate doctrinal issues and Mm -hmm. the finer points of doctrine. Not to be threatened by... by Not to be threatened. To be killed for your faith. Right. And then on the other side of it, you have people that are fighting to the death, you know, or are becoming martyrs or are faced
0: with martyrdom in in choosing that. Yeah. But Armenians, they knew about Chalcedon. It's not to say that they didn't know because debates took place after there was a Council of Davin in 505. So about fifty years later Armenians they started discussing Chalcedon. Yeah. Because it, although Chalcedon happened, but there was a lot of controversy about the Council of Chalcedon. Uh-huh. And some of the emperors they rejected. Zenon, for example, he rejected later in four eighty. The the Alexander didn't accept it. Um, but uh, you know Council of Council of Chalcedon, they accepted a resolution that Christ had two natures and they come together in one person. Uh-huh. Right. On the other hand, Alexandria, they they thought that uh, you know uh, there is one nature of incarnate God. You know, uh-huh. uh, so and and uh, but this resolution of two natures was uh, was very close. The language was very close to Nestorians, uh-huh. uh, who were heretics. Uh-huh. And these Nestorians actually, here's the connection. I'm getting there. Okay, <laughs> be, pa- <laughs> be patient <laughs> So these Nestorians, they were exiled to Persia. And they were very close on the border with Armenia. So they would very often come to Armenian side and say, Oh, Armenians, Chalcedon is using our language. They are using our language. You have to accept. If you accept that, you accept us too. So if in 505, Armenians said, well, you reject both of you. You reject ah. you and you reject them too. If they are using your language, yeah. we don't want to have anything to do with you. We don't want to have anything to do uh, with them. So there were historical reasons behind this rejection. Again, there was Persian kind of uh, uh, you right. know, threat right. to, uh, yeah. to this uh, you know, uh, theological uh, discussion of, uh, of Armenian Church oh, as well. But the same year, it's interesting, 451.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: 451, that uh, same year that the battle took place. Uh, you know, that the river, every time these, these battles, they took place next to a river, some kind of a... This time it was River Dermut, I believe, on uh-huh. the northern uh, part of uh, river Dermut, and, uh, and there were elephants involved in the battle yeah. described, they always had that in the Persian, Persian army. Uh, the war know. elephants. Yeah. But interesting that they wouldn't kill the elephants. They wouldn't kill the animals. The opposite army, the enemy. Yeah. But they would come and st- start yelling, screaming, and the elephants they would be confused and run around, <laughs> and cause more damage to the to the army. Um, That's pretty good. And they were uh, they would uh, kind of give them alcohol before. They, oh. Uh, so they, they were they were drunk, <laughs> going uh, um, but I think Armenians very often it is referred that Armenians they had a moral victory, yeah. because they got to keep their religion.: yeah.
1: What does this battle and everything mean to you? I mean, there's a lot here, and we've covered a lot, but
0: I think what it means to me is that uh, how important our faith and our identity uh, how important our faith is for our identity. How important the connection. How strong the connection is. Uh, and they realized that that time too. Because if they lost their faith, if they lost their you know unique way of praying, unique, their their religion, then they'll be easily assimilated uh-huh. and become part of another another nation. And I think this has been the theme of 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 our nation for a long time too, and until today. I think it's important for us to realize that the story of Vartan Mamikonyan is also a story for us today of our, of our all, all the work that we are as Armenian churches, as Armenian communities. So what we do, we try to preserve and to share our heritage with families, with children, and and, uh, and and our faith and our culture, they kind of go together in all of this. And it's important for us to, uh, to know that uh, they are... They are crucial elements of our identity.
1: Yeah, for me, that's that's a lot of what it means to me too. I, I think it. I think a, a lot about the the importance of the faith to preserve our identity, but also the importance of the freedom to mm-hmm. to have that identity. Right. And and to uh, that, almost immediately, we were martyrs. Right. We're a nation of martyrs. Almost immediately, mm-hmm. you know. And if we go back and look at earlier, even pre-Christian, you know, Hike the story of Hike Nahabed and the story of Ada the Beautiful, you know, these are, these are still stories of outside forces and influences trying to make Armenians be, you know, assimilator or become something that they don't want to become, right. forcing them to stand with their convictions and die in some cases. So
0: has been the, the line going kind yeah. of throughout our history, throughout Armenian history. And yet, we are here today. Here we are. are. Yes. <laughs> and it's because of Vartan and people like him that we are here today as we learn. Hayem yes, hayem yes, kaj Vartan, yes. You know, we learn this in, uh, in Armenian school, Sunday school, I'm Armenian. I'm Armenian, I'm the grandson of, of, uh, of Vartan. Kajvartan, courageous <laughs> Vartan. So, uh, you know, it's important that bravery, too, that uh, fight for, uh, for freedom, to worship the way they want to worship. I think this is all for our uh, Battle of Avarai. If, I hope you enjoyed it. And we hope that if you have any questions or any, uh, any suggestions, feel free to let us know. Thank you. Thanks for listening, please like and subscribe.